uh, thanks for listening to the Nick and Big J podcast. We appreciate it. And you know what? It's brought to you by The Advocates. If you've been in an accident, well, call The Advocates, 208-471-4444. Yes, good morning, Treasure Valley. It is the 21st of January. Hard to believe here on a Friday. Uh, We will be Nicholas today as uh, he goes under the knife. Uh, And uh, if he gets out and uh, lets me know everything's okay uh, here before the end of the show, which I'm not sure uh, the timeline exactly, I'll let everybody know. But we've talked about that extensively here the last couple weeks, and it's happening, so we wish him a quick recovery. Uh, I will say a couple things here for today's show uh, before we get to today's agenda that... um, we got our report card yesterday, our, our biannual report card, and thank you, Treasure Valley. Very, very good. We got we got an A, so uh, we owe you a great debt of gratitude, and we try to repay that on a daily basis. And as uh, I, I uh, popped open the mic here this morning, I was just like, it just a thought hit me. It's like, man, I get to do this for a living, and have gotten to do it for a very long time. And for that, I'm very, very grateful, and uh, I appreciate all of you out there who, um, you know, Take the time to listen to us here in the morning and the afternoons and the middays and throughout the day and, and go to all the shows and all the conversations that we've had. We don't take it for granted. Uh, there are a lot of choices out there, and so we we deeply appreciate that, and uh, I'm sure Nick would agree with that statement right there. So today here we have a chance for you to win some Ghost Vobie tickets to get you qualified for that Ghost autographed guitar. I uh, Just looking here, and uh, according to the uh, Ford Idaho Center website, as I went to check on tickets, it says they're getting few and far between. So uh, if you're planning on wanting to go to that show next Friday, by the way, uh, i got to make some amends on that. <laughs> Uh, we'll talk about that here uh, this morning, uh, about how I've kind of screwed things up for a lot of people. But either way, uh, tickets are becoming uh, in short order, short short amount. So uh, we'll get you those here for free this morning. I believe, if we're not, if I'm not mistaken, Jen Adams from Lounge at the End of the Universe will be here. I mean, we kind of talked about it last week, but uh, we'll see how that goes. And maybe a conversation uh, about a docu-series on Discovery Plus about the Scream movie and possibly it origins being in a real serial killer. So all that's on the agenda today. In the meantime, let's get in here some music and kick things off. Some Nirvana, it's a man who sold the world here on the X. Important stuff. Hey, what's going on in the news today? On the morning after with Nick and Big J. Well, I've got some sad news to share with you this morning to kick things off. I thought I'd uh, rip it off like a band-aid. Meatloaf, the singer who starred in Rocky Horror Picture Show and Fight Club, recorded one of the best-selling albums of all time, died last night. Uh, his longtime agent, Michael Green, told Deadline he was 74, quote, our hearts are broken, to announce that the incomparable Meatloaf passed away tonight with his wife, Deborah by his side. And according to his statement on his official Facebook page, from his heart to uh, your souls, don't ever stop rocking. No cause of death has been given just yet, but uh, rest in power, Meatloaf. And, uh, man, bat out of hell. Great stuff. Uh, so, uh, and and he was great in Fight Club as well, and and Black Dog, movie starring Randy Travis. Terrible movie, but I loved Meatloaf in that movie. So, sad news, but you know it's gonna happen to all of us, I guess. Seventy four seems early, but anyways, Major League Baseball. Hey, what's up? They're expanding its experimental use of robot umpires. That's right. Meaning an automated strike zone 
to several teams in a AAA season, the highest level of minor leagues. AP reported Major League Baseball website has a hiring notice for a seasonal employees to operate the system for a number of AAA teams. The automated system was used in eight of nine ballparks in the low A Southeast League last season. Heck yeah, right? I'm for it. Take out the human element. The jerkiness of some of these umpires. And the major complaint, uh, obviously, is that everybody's got their own strike zone. Uh, but we'll see how this works out. And uh, this is very interesting. Uh, and news that came down in Entertainment World here yesterday. Peter Billingsley, uh, he's going to star in a Christmas Story sequel. Remember him? A little kid in a Christmas Story is helmed by uh, uh, the Chronicles, Christmas Chronicles director Clay Cadis. So according to The Hollywood Reporter, the follow-up will feature Billingsley as Ralphie returning to his house on Cleveland Street to celebrate Christmas with his kids. The film will stream on HBO Max. So, you know, the whole a big part of that show is him wanting to get a, a Red Rider BB gun. But what's this going to be about? And uh, uh, Peter uh, Billingsley uh, looking good these days. He's still got, uh, he, he's a very handsome dude. So I'm not sure why he hasn't been doing a lot of acting, but this will make a fun holiday movie for everybody. And I'm sure it'll come out around Christmas time of next year or this year. I guess it is a new year. Jeez, it is. Oh, boy. Okay, there we go. Hey, we have got important stuff in the bag. Uh, coming up here next, uh, we, we've got uh, story time coming up. And then, uh, boy, I wanted to... Oh, yeah, you know what? Uh, I have an. I owe everybody a huge apology. I'll explain how one stupid thing I can do can, can ruin everybody here at the radio station, okay? That's coming up next. Uh, we got to get a check your traffic here, though, first. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Californication here on the X-Rocks. And I mean, I don't even really know how this happens. Um, but it did, and it's not the first time. I, I think maybe I'm, I'm looking at perhaps wrong calendars or whatever. But, uh, you know, here on the concert calendar, we have this big whiteboard. Uh, and we have dates of all the shows. And so up here, you've got on uh, 128, Ghost and Volbeat at the Idaho Center, the Fort Idaho Center. And, uh, but there's no day on it. It's just a date. And maybe that's something we need to remedy because it was brought to my attention yesterday that for the last, oh, probably entire time that we've been giving away tickets to the show, by the way, also on the prize forms that we have and all the other data, there's no day. It's just the date. And I've been saying it's Thursday. Uh, when uh, clearly it is not. The 28th is a Friday, people. So uh, coming up here next Friday in one week is the Ghost Volbeat Twin Temple Show at the Fort Idaho Center. Not on Thursday. And it would be one thing if it was just me. But I think that sort of by serendipity or whatever kind of oozed into other people because, uh, you know, this was brought to my attention yesterday on the, the TDS Fiber text line. And I was like, yeah, I'm just an idiot. And, and they've been saying the wrong day. But, you know, Nick has never challenged me on that either. And apparently Jason Drew has mentioned it being on a Thursday several times as well. So maybe we're all looking at the wrong calendar. I don't know. Or people just... You know, listen to me. I, I hate that because I want to have credibility with the things they say. But when I'm an idiot, it doesn't help matters at all. So, no, the show next week is on a Friday. So, hallelujah out at the Fort Idaho Center. 
Uh, and it, it kicks off at 8. Also had somebody questioning of how long is the show going to be? Uh, are they going to have to cut cut things early? I don't know about that, but I, I have a feeling that you can go a little later on the weekend there uh, out at the Fort Idaho Center than on a weekday. So, uh, there you go. My apologies to everybody. The show is on the 28th, which is a Friday. Ghost Volbeat. Uh, we will give a chance for you to win tickets with Pop Culture Smackdown coming up here in a little bit. Plus, story time is next. It's the morning after with Nick and Big J. I'm solo today. It happens. Sad but true Metallica here on the morning after. It's the X-Rocks. And uh, Nick uh, out today. He'll be back Monday, either here or at least uh, via remote at home. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, today is Friday, so that means story time. And I wanted to try to make this quick because we don't have a bunch of time. But I wanted to tell the story about my pony. Not, uh, not a pony pony, but my Mustang. I have a Ford... 2008 GT limited edition bullet Mustang. Uh, and it's, uh, it's very important to me. So and here's the, the reason why I'm not a huge car guy. I do love cars. I appreciate them. Uh, and, and I never thought I would, you know, be owning a Mustang and it's not that I, I prefer Mustang over Chevy Ford, all this stuff. I don't get into that, but this is a family car and it's kind of an interesting thing. I wish I could get into it more. And I've talked about this before that, uh, but several years ago, my wife, who is a genealogy expert, uh, found that I had four siblings. And uh, one of those siblings' name was Ken, and uh, he passed away a couple years ago, unfortunately, uh, before I had a chance to meet him. He didn't really... uh, Two of my siblings, Kelly and Larry, they did want to meet me. The other two didn't, uh, just because of the situation that we ended up uh, with with my father, who uh, didn't exactly... Well, let's just say he wasn't father of the year ever. And so... um, yeah, so so Ken, uh, he unfortunately passed away a couple years ago, and he left his car to his uh, other brother, Larry, our oldest brother who lives in, in Minnesota. And uh, when we went to visit a couple years ago, Larry took me out in the car and just, you know, uh, he lives north of uh, Duluth, so in the middle of nowhere, and this long road, I mean, just opens it up, because this thing is... It's a race car, and Ken was a huge car guy. He he loved Mustangs. He loved the movie Bullet, and so uh, that's something that we had in common. And, and he got that. And so I never imagined I would be picking up that car. But Larry had uh, posted on Facebook a couple years ago that uh, he was going to sell the car, and I was like, Hey, wait a second. I talked to the wife, and we decided we'd put together the money and buy the car so we could keep it in the family. And, and I would love to have that. So the plan was that we were going to fly there to Minnesota together and drive back. Uh, the car and it was going to be a very carthotic kind of thing Uh, what unfortunately happened to me is that i ended up with covid and i could not make the trip sucked so my wife went without me and uh took a friend of hers and they went to minnesota and uh drove the mustang back all the way uh from minnesota quite the lengthy trip oh by the way bringing a little cat a little kitten with them uh the kitten's name is cotton because uh my brother lives in cotton minnesota and uh, so now she hates driving the Mustang, can't stand driving it because, you know, it's not an over the road vehicle. It's not something you want to drive 1700 miles in. But uh, that's kind of the story of my Mustang and why I, uh, it's very important to me. And maybe you have something like that in your life where it's connected to your family. And I never knew Ken. 
Um, and that's sad. That sucks. And uh, so some, there's still a lot of anger there towards my uh, to my father who has passed away uh, about those situations. But Larry and myself have a really good relationship. He's just recovering from cancer, which sucks. I haven't had a chance to see him in person in a couple years because of COVID, obviously. And um, our youngest sister there, Kelly, she lives in Salt Lake. So we're, we're, on, we're on great terms with them. But... Uh, it's just unfortunate uh, that those sort of things happen. But you got to make the best of them. And so that's one of the reasons why I love this car so much. And you hear me talk about it from time to time. So there you go. Story time with old Big J. Uh, we got coming up here, we're going to hell. Some more important stuff. You want to stick around and win some of those tickets to Vol- uh, Volbeat and Ghost, which is on Friday of next week, not Thursday. With Nick and Big J. Hey, guess what, everybody? It wasn't just Idaho and the Treasure Valley that home prices were through the roof. They were up 16.9% in 2021, highest on record everywhere. And among high level of sales, the median U.S. home sale price was $346,900. In 2021, that's up 16.9% from 2020, the highest on record going back to 1999. That, according to the National Association of Realtors, home sales had their biggest year since 2006 with 6.12 million homes sold, up 8.5% for the year. So uh, part of the reason inventory is at all-time low, uh, the number of unsold existing homes falling to a record low of 910,000 at the end of December, which is only 1.8 month supply at the current pace, which is also record low. So there's a bunch of things contributing to that, not just one. And of course, we have a different situation here than I think generally across the nation. And that's just, you know, an influx of population. And so really causing that situation to be even worse. So, hey, at least we can all be in the same problem. Not as bad, I guess. Trying to make you feel better, basically, is what I'm saying. Hey, the sports world big weekend in the National Football League. The divisional playoff games. Here's the setup. Tomorrow at 2.30 on CBS, the Bengals are taking on the Titans. The Rams are taking on the Bucks at 1 p. Or I'm sorry, uh, the next game is the Niners, the Packers on Sunday night, 6.15 on Fox. Then you got the 49ers or Packers on Saturday. Oh, I just said that. It's got to look away. Let's start over, okay? Bengals at the Titans on Saturday at 2.30. 49ers at Packers on Saturday at 6.15. The Rams take on the Bucks Sunday at 1 o'clock. And the Bills at Chiefs on Sunday. There you go. And, um, you know, my uh, our buddy Tyler, uh, he was here this morning. He'll be on for Pop Culture Smackdown. We're talking about this. I'm shaking at all these games, to be perfectly honest with you. I think they could go either way, all of them. So we'll see how this uh, looks and uh, who's going to be heading to the National Conference in the uh, the AFC title match the week after next. Boom. There you go. Near disaster averted for the band Hailstorm. I mean, this could have been super tragic. Uh, they escaped and unharmed after their tour bus caught fire early Thursday morning. So Hailstorm guitarist Joe... Uh, Hottinger uh, revealed that he and his bandmates had slept in hotel rooms overnight but were awakened early in the morning to find their bus burning down. Quote, old hailstorm had a night for the books. He wrote on Instagram, we were all in our hotel rooms last night and we woke up to our bus burning down at 3 a.m. Fun. No one was hurt and the Worcestershire Fire Department got there and put out the fire. 
They were amazing. Our fearless security, Steve, pulled guitars and luggage out of the bay. We all lost some stuff, but it was just stuff. And the investigators doesn't know, don't know just yet what started it, but it began in the bunk hall. Scary. What matters is that no one was hurt. The best part is uh, that tonight we will rock. Of course they will. They're hailstorm. But man, that God, that would be just. I'm so thankful that everybody's okay. Scary, scary stuff. All right, uh, there you go. There's your important stuff. We've got. We're going to hell coming up, and uh, you know it's. <laughs> You know, people doing weird celebrations. I'll just put it at that, okay? And uh, and then later this morning, we'll have uh, some folks from the Lounge at the End of the Universe and maybe talking to Steve Shippey. He's got a docu-series happening on the Discovery Plus, and he, of course, is an expert in the paranormal. So we hopefully we'll get to him as well here this morning. We've got some traffic for you. Some Godsmack for you. It is straight out of line. Bringing to light stories that are incredibly f***ed up. Oh, man, we're going to hell. Let's not kid ourselves. I'm going to hell, and you know it. The Morning After with Nick and Big J on 100.3 The X Rocks. All right, well, this is where things have gone terribly wrong in your life. I mean, one of the worst probably things that you can come across is the antithesis of the greatest day, which is your wedding day, right? And that is if you get divorced. It's unfortunate, it's bad, it's sad, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, maybe you have kids involved, and there's custody and all that sort of things. Uh, But what about the stuff? What about all your stuff? You need to get that replaced, right? Uh, One particular uh, person here, uh, her name is, uh, she's a mom of two, and and she has uh, said that uh, after eight years of marriage, uh, it coming to an end was a good thing, but she and her ex had split up and there was this one thing missing a toothbrush holder quote i only had one uh that i shared with my ex adding the fi- finally buying a new toothbrush holder for one felt downright liberating it was such a pivotal moment i thought why isn't there a place that people can go and get a product recommendations and celebrate this change it's called amazon this seems like a ridiculous problem to have i mean you grow up go buy one Either way, uh, as a result of situations like this, enter something called the Divorce Registry. Two companies are starting up and doing this. Fresh Starts Registry and Divorcist have sprung up to help recent divorcees put their lives back together one blender at a time. <sighs> I mean, come on. We got weddings. We got uh, graduations. What other things you register for? Uh, baby showers. And now, throw on top of that, stupid gender reveal parties. It's like, crap, no. No! Stop it! I mean, I'm all for starting a new business and taking advantage of a marketplace, but this is ridiculous. If I had a friend who asked me to go to their divorce register... <laughs> uh, I, I just, uh, man, I'd be so upset. I don't know what I would do. I would buy them something terrible. Either way, this is a real thing and it's really happening and that's how we're really going to hell. I hate to tell it to you. Uh, It was an option B for we're going to hell. Uh, Actually, it was the A option. This was the B option. I realized that and I couldn't find the story, but I'm going to find it here in the next few minutes because it's hilarious and awkward and creepy and I want to tell you about it next. Rest in peace, meatloaf. 
It's I'd Do Anything for Love here on The Morning After. It's 100.3, the X Rocks, and people were hounding me. Like, hey, you got to play some meatloaf. It's the only song we have in our system, um, if you can believe that. We don't have Bad Out of Hell or anything. It's crazy. And uh, if you're missing out on the news, obviously it's everywhere. Uh, haven't posted anything on the morning or the uh, the Facebook pages because it's already over all of the stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to be that way. But uh, yes, uh, Meatloaf uh, passed away uh, last night, and uh, it is sad for sure. I remember listening to that song though, right here on 100.3 Pirate Radio when I was just a teen, uh, driving around in my Ford Thunderbird, and um, yeah rocking out to that i mean just the piano the video i mean the video was fantastic and then of course uh the movie roles that he had with uh the rocky horror picture show and in fight club i mean his name was robert paulson so uh rest in peace and um i'm sure maybe jason drew will address it later uh today as well we'll, we'll see but uh there you go mission accomplished right bam we got it in. Uh, so uh, there you go. I was going to talk about something. I'll probably save it for next week. And we'll see because it's super creepy or later, depending on if we have time. Uh, pretty sure that uh, we're going to have some guests in here, uh, but you never know. Sometimes that stuff works out and sometimes it doesn't. So if we have time, we'll talk about what I wanted to because it's kind of creepy and it shouldn't be. So there you go. We've got Pop Culture Smackdown on the way. You will battle Tyler for supremacy and Ghost and Volbeat tickets. Fort Idaho Center. It's happening next Friday. We'll also have some more important stuff. And maybe uh, Jen Adams and the folks from the Lounge at the End of the Universe will be stopping by. Uh, We should probably get another look at your traffic here, though, and stop my jibber-jabber. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. Well, looks like Amazon's taking another step into the brick-and-mortar retail world, announcing yesterday that it plans to open a clothing store later this year at the Americana at Brand Mall in Glendale, California. Amazon, which already sells more than 10% of all clothing in the U.S., will sell both men's and women's clothes at the store, as well as shoes and other accessories. Only one of each item will be on display, though. So with the rest in the back room, shoppers will be able to scan a QR code on the items to see sizes, colors, and customer ratings, and we'll be able to send items to fitting rooms for direct or directly to the counter, which is a smooth operation, if you ask me. Customers will also be able to request other items when in the fitting room by using a touch screen. Amazon said it will provide real-time recommendations to shoppers as they keep scanning items, and that shoppers will also be able to compete I'm sorry, complete an online survey of their preferences and styles for fit. Yeah, were you going to have clothes for fatties? Huh? Hard to say whether that'll be the case, but uh, they should. We'd appreciate it. And big weekend in the NFL, the playoffs. Bengals at Titans Saturday. 49ers at Packers on Saturday in the evening. Rams versus the Bucks on Sunday. Bills at Chiefs on Sunday. So here's how I see this. I think the Titans uh, can make it past the Bengals. I think all these games are going to be close, though. Uh, I, I I believe, I mean, I think the Packers are going to win, but I think it's going to be tough against the Niners. They just have a physical presence about them that, you know, I'm a Niners fan, so I want them to win, but they're so, they got so many injuries, and Garoppolo, who I love, I, I, I like Garoppolo a lot, but the dude cannot hit a wide-open receiver for to save his life. It's crazy. And I don't have a lot of faith in Trey Lance, so we'll see how that goes. Rams versus the Bucks. I mean, I think the Rams get enough pressure on Brady 
but did the Bucks defense save them again? So that's going to be a close game. I don't know. I, I can't call a winner on that one. And Bills and Chiefs could be uh, just a boat race as well. So uh, we'll see. I, I, I don't know. I think the Chiefs win that one just based on their experience. But we'll see how it comes down. Either way, it's going to be an exciting weekend of playoff football. And I'm not mad at that. Um, <laughs> this is so weird, dude. A company called Space Entertainment Enterprises is working on building a movie studio in space that could be launched as soon as 2024. The spacecraft will be designed to host films, television, music, and sports events, as well as artists, producers, and creatives who want to make content in the low-orbit microgravity environment. Movie makers will be able to produce content and even beam it back to Earth from up there in space. Now, you're going to call me crazy, but there's one band I think that <laughs> would venture into space to do this because they're just that wacky and weird, and it's Metallica. I mean, they went to Antarctica for no reason but to be the first band to play in Antarctica. They played everywhere else on this Earth. Why not out of Earth? I just... Somebody's going to do it. I just find that they have the means to make it happen. Um, whether or not that they want to... I don't know. I don't know. I don't see James going to space, but it would be fun. It's funny to think about, nonetheless. All right, there you go. Important stuff. We got Pop Culture Smackdown up next. Your chance to win tickets to Ghost Volby Twin Temple. That show's happening next Friday. Let's get a check of your traffic right now. It is brought to you by... Morning after with Nick and Big J. Yeah, and we've got tickets to Ghost and Volbeat, the show happening next Friday at the Ford Idaho Center, along with Twin Temple opening up. It's gonna be awesome show. Uh, and you get to go if you can beat Tyler in Pop Culture SmackDown. Tyler, thanks for stopping by. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, you're gonna be a busy weekend. You're gonna be uh, on a weekend twice. Yeah, I'm super stoked. What days? Uh, both days, Saturday and Sunday. All Saturday right. morning and then Sunday afternoon, I think. Man, look at you. Prime time, baby. Moving up. Moving on up. Something like that. All right, so uh, here we go. Uh, let's find us a contestant. Hopefully somebody that uh, hasn't previously won tickets. Hello, the ex. <laughs> Hello. Hey, what's your name? This is Brandy. All right, Brandy, you're taking on Tyler. Back in the 90s, this woman was found temporarily insane and not guilty after cutting off her husband's junk. Lorena Bobbitt. There you go. Whoa. Yeah, All you right. would not have known that, would you? I, I would not have known right. that, no. Uh, Tyler, uh, actor Jack Lord would utter this phrase when they arrested someone on the TV show Hawaii Five-0. Uh, what is Bookum, Dano? Damn! Right. I didn't think you'd get that. Uh, this one-time retail giant made Blue Light Special a real thing and was part of its advertising. Kmart. Kmart is 100% correct. Oh my gosh, I'm screwed. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm surprised you had that one. Telly Savalas' character in the 70s, Kojak, was famous for this phrase. Uh, um, I don't I don't know. I don't know is not correct. What? What is it? Oh, you don't know? I, I don't really know. don't know. Like, Do you know, was... Brandy? Uh, who loves you, baby? Yeah! Dude, that, oh, was, that yes! was well, well, well before my Listen, time. I know. <laughs> I did that on purpose because we're short on time. But, Brandy, way to go. You won these fair and square. Uh, hang around. We'll get your information, and you'll be going to a show, an awesome show. All right, Tyler, thanks. Yeah, thank you, man. Next time, study up on your 70s study television up on my shows. 70s cult television and, shows. And, and 60s. I'm surprised you got the book of Dano. Well, I mean, well, there was the new, the reboot of Hawaii Five-0. I never with, got it. I never, did they do that? Did they say yeah, that? Yeah, 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 with Alex. 
Alex O'Loughlin and uh, Scott Kahn. It's one of the weird. I mean, usually CBS drama guy, so uh, yeah. that I think that I missed on that series, but interesting. no, it was good. It was good. The fiance liked it too, which made it better. It always makes it fun when you're watching it together. All right. Yep. Uh, I think the uh, lounge at the end of the universe folks are coming up next. We'll see. It'll be a fun surprise uh, if they show up or not. I don't know, but we'll see. It's the morning after. I wanted to point three. The X rocks. It's down with the sickness disturbed here in the morning after with Nick and Big J. We got some guests in studio, and uh, one of them being here, uh, Nat Baymel. Did I get it right? You sure did. First yes. try. Thank you very it much. Out of the park, uh, stand-up comedian. You are hot right now. I am. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just looking at the amazing uh, promotional material and your Rolling Stone, BuzzFeed, Fox Comedy. That's, That's right. I've been on XM Radio. Yeah. I've, I've performed at a pizza place in Montana. I am. Hollywood XM loves here. me. Uh, that's awesome, man. Uh, so welcome to the Treasure Valley. Welcome to Boise. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate the welcoming committee here. I, I did not. Yeah, I, I'll be a welcoming committee. I'm, I'm usually a happy person, so it's good. Um, but uh, you got two shows happening, one tonight, one tomorrow night. And let's talk a little bit about your comedy. What's your deal? All right, so my deal is that I am a very dark comic, but I'm also very uplifting. Like, if you hear the subjects I talk about, you're going to think, oh, this is going to be a bummer. But after the show, you're going to leave thinking, like, I feel better about life and existence in general. So that's my elevator pitch to you guys. So if you want to hear some stuff that you wouldn't necessarily usually hear at a comedy show, like, I'll joke about, like, my dad dying when I was young. I'll joke about, you know, like, death in general. I've joked about mass shootings. But I do it in such a way that it's makes you feel better about the dark things in life because i feel like if you can't laugh at them then they're just gonna like make you feel worse yeah well i mean and then we've got uh today uh of course um meatloaf passed away i heard that he maybe he did it for love i don't know yeah yeah that's the one thing he couldn't do is live yes those are jokes i mean (laughs) uh, to myself it's the first time i uh i I i took that off this morning so i hope people aren't upset with me about that but where did that perspective come from early on how did you kind of decide what your point of view was going to be you know developing yourself as a comic yeah it really did come from uh, my dad died of cancer when i was three years old oh man which i mean yeah that's the thing i usually have people say it's like oh i'm so sorry but that's just what i grew up knowing yeah you didn't know him so yeah exactly so it's weird having people just apologize for my upbringing Mm -hmm. like it's like if i were to say like i'm I'm Jewish. I joke about that a lot too. And if people would be like, "You're Jewish?" Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I appreciate that a little bit more because, like, I have more emotional trauma not getting to celebrate Christmas than I do Father's Day. Because I'm like, okay, well, Christmas, like, that seems so much more fun. But Father's Day, I'm just like, cool. That's one extra card I don't have to buy every year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, one less tie you have to get somewhere as well, right? Although I will say, I, I still to this day don't know how to tie a tie, and not having a dad is a wonderful excuse for that. <laughs> Oh man, I. Uh, that's this is hilarious. the type of lighthearted yeah. fare you can expect at the shows tonight and tomorrow. See, but see, I like the dark humor, so. Yeah, uh, no, like I said, like I try to come at it from a sense of I'm actually a more positive person as a result of losing my dad because a big theme of my show is you can still find happiness after tragedy because a lot of comedy is very much like oh we like the world is terrible outside of these comedy club doors we want to forget about it I'm like no I want to remind you about it but also know that it's gonna be okay yeah that's a, it's very nice uh, the way you coddle us I appreciate that. Um, 
What, how long did it take for you to, you know, uh, develop that and develop your material and then in, kind of make your way into the comedy world? Because uh, you seem pretty young. So uh, I appreciate that. I'm actually 36 years old. Oh, wow. You've got good skin. Oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, the joke I have is like I didn't actually have sex for the first time until I was 26. And the reason I look so young is, uh, well, that's what 26 years of virgin blood will do for you. <laughs> It's probably true. Yeah, but I've actually been doing comedy for 15 years. And what sort of helped me develop my act was just doing it a lot. And also, because when I first started out, like most people, when they start out in their early 20s, it's just you're emulating everything else you see. Like, depending on what I was listening to that day, I would go up on stage as like a like monotone one-liner Stephen Wright knockoff. Or sometimes I'd be going up there, like imitating like a hippy-dippy Mitch Hedberg. But after a while, you just kind of like figure out who you are as a human and what you want to talk about. Because at first it was always like, oh, you guys ever notice how this song has like crazy lyrics and that don't make sense? And after a while of doing this for on the road for 10 years, I'm just like, I just want to talk about the things I want to talk about. And that's when I noticed I was getting better at it and people were interested in what I had to say. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly not an easy uh, thing to do, but, you know, once you get into it and, you know, you find a way, it can be, you can become very successful. So it looks like that's happening. I mean, like I said, I performed at a pizza place in Montana. So <laughs> it's uh, brought me what? everywhere that I needed to be. Wait, where was that? Oh, that was Belgrade, Montana in Ooh. 2010. That's like a small, tiny, nowhere place too. yeah it's actually one of my favorite shows that i did because of the audience reaction to me because uh, i literally said it's like oh by show of hands who here has seen a jewish person before and no hands went up i'm from montana so i know that that's true that's, oh that's which part uh eastern montana Oh, so right you, near the border of North Dakota. Oh, you city slicker, you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and so you got two shows, one uh, tonight, one tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. 7 p.m. each night. You can get tickets at uh, loungeboise.com. And then we've got Robert here uh, from uh, the the uh, Things and Company. Things and Company. How, how did it go last week? Oh, oh, my goodness. Better than I promoted. I mean, we were expecting Jared and Nicole Stull to drop in and play with us. And it wound up being this all-star match of, of Boise's improv folks. We had uh, Daniel Maggard from Creatively and Karen Manthe from uh, Game Changers and Sean Hancock from Recycled Minds. And they hadn't been on stage together in over two years. Wow. It was pretty cool. Yeah. It was pretty, they all were just there and went, hey, you want to come up and play? And yeah, it was like his drop-in. You know how you hear stories of comics dropping in and wanting to do a set. Well, it was like Boise's all-star powerhouse improvisers on stage doing a montage together that's really cool and uh it's, you've got a show going on tonight as well nine o'clock nine o'clock uh anything special happening yeah tonight is the world premiere of emmy needs a boyfriend oh okay uh, we'll talk about that a little we'll bit. take uh three bachelors they may have been set we may take them from the audience maybe mr baymel will be one of them uh, i saw a fancy ring he's not a bachelor oh no, I'm but he's on luckily the road, and happily so married. He's on, he's on the road, though. Well, so I mean, she could count. not pick him, but uh, <laughs> Emmy has never done an improv show before. That's awesome. So it's her first time, and she's we're going to play the dating game with the three bachelors, and then whoever she picks, we're going to improvise their first date. And then at the end of the night, if they both want to go on a real date... Uh, we're going to send them on a real date. It's playing with fire, man. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, improv is risk. If you're not out yeah, there on the razor's edge, what are you doing? Uh, and if they don't, if they don't want to go out, then we're going to do it again Valentine's Day weekend, and we'll keep doing it until Emmy gets a boyfriend. Yes. That's awesome. And then uh, Tinfoil, uh, the Ball Strikes Back headlines, and I believe this week we are doing the living room format. Yeah. 
which is us sitting around talking and then when we feel like doing a scene we will jump up and play it that's, that's I feel like I'm I'm the opposite of Mr. Baymel here because um, we take the light and happy and beautiful stuff and we leave you feeling terrible. About <laughs> <it>. <laughs> well, good. You have the yin and yang of comedy right there. There you go. Uh, Nat, do you do you um, do you get into improv at all? I mean, as a stand-up comic, it's not a given that that you know you're an improvisational type of person. So, yeah, I. I'm a very much a writer. Like I went to college for writing, yeah. so I like meticulously like crafting every word. But at the same time, when you're doing stand up, it doesn't always go according to script. Because sometimes people will yell things out, and you right. have to be able to think on the fly. So you can't just be in the middle of you know like a six minute bit about whatever, and then someone yells something, you just go, uh, well here's the next line. I'll just ignore this person shouting at me. So I'll absolutely like sometimes I'll talk to the crowd on purpose. Sometimes they yell at me. Some of my favorite shows are the ones where like I'll go in thinking like, all right, here's every joke I'm gonna do, and then at the end of the hour realizing. Oh, I did two jokes because there were like three drunk military vets in the front row, and I just had to know what their deal was. Yeah, uh, that that makes sense. How about you said you like writing? I mean, any any um, you know dreams about putting together like a sitcom or a YouTube series? Any of that stuff on the horizon? Yeah, not to combine uh, writing with improv, but to answer your question, yes, and uh, I've done. Oh yeah. Thank you very much for <laughs> mm-hmm. picking up that meatball that was dangling yeah. there. Yeah, no, I've uh, done a little bit of everything. You know, I have done, like, web series with my friends. I write for a very funny uh, YouTube news channel right now called America Uncovered, where we cover things in a most unbiased way. So if you like jokes about, like, crapping on the left and the right, you'll really enjoy my act. Oh, great. What is that called? Oh, it's called America Uncovered. Okay, cool. All right. Well, I'm going to check that out for sure. Uh, Nap Amel, uh, he is going to be at the lounge at the end of the universe tonight, tomorrow night, uh, 7 o'clock, I think. 7 p.m. Yep, 7 yep. p.m. And then Robert and uh, Things and Company doing the improv as well tonight at 9 p.m. So plenty of great stuff going on at the lounge. And, of course, you can check out loungeboise.com uh, to get your tickets and all the other great information. So I appreciate you guys coming in and hanging out here for a little bit. Well, thank you for having us. It was great meeting you uh, from... Uh, all the way from Florida. Yeah, yeah. And now Los Angeles. And now Boise. Yeah, and it we, it kind of looks the same as maybe early morning Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. Foggy. I mean, it, it, this what it is right now feels like what L.A. feels like on the inside every day. So <laughs> I feel good. Uh, hopefully it'll look nicer later for you. So uh, welcome and uh, have a great time uh, this weekend, okay? Thank you. All right. Let's check in at traffic here. Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I, I got a chance to check out uh, the uh, the show, and I got to tell you, it was. Uh, I, I actually got kind of scared, and one of the reasons why is. Um, the, the demonic stuff really scares the bejesus out of me because I believe that it's 100% real. So it, it is a little frightening. Um, but I appreciated uh, the, the story, and I thought it was great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it, it definitely was a very uh, dark case, to say the least. You know, uh, as you get into it, and we get into this, obviously, uh, it being, uh, you know, the inspiration for uh, the the movie Scream, um, there is that association. But really, when you get down to it, it's the story about the Gainesville Ripper, Danny Rowling. And, uh, you know, I, I don't how many years has it been since he was uh, he was executed? Uh, he was executed in 2006. So it's still relatively, you know, recent. Um, does that make a difference when you're kind of looking at something you want to do a deep investigation into? Well, you know, I, I guess, you know, perhaps to a degree. Uh, the last uh, shock doc investigation 
that I did was Ed Gein, The Real Psycho, which, again, was another disturbed, notorious killer. And, and because that took place in the 50s, uh, sometimes it's harder to find people to talk to, you know, because, uh, you know, unfortunately people pass away, they pass on, a lot of things uh, get lost. Uh, there wasn't, um, media was different back then. So uh, because this case is a little more recent, we had things like audio recordings from Danny himself. Uh, we were able to speak to people that, that knew him personally and things of that nature. So as an investigator and a documentarian, it, it does make it uh, a little bit easier in a sense. Yeah, and I think, too, probably people have become more accustomed to the idea of the paranormal, and I don't want to call it mainstream necessarily, but at least there's more people out there who are willing to to look at it in a in a frame that, hey, this is something that's that's real and, and a viable kind of situation. It's got to make it easier as an investigator, too, to be able to deal with that. Yeah, it, it is to a degree. I mean, you know, it, it compared to a case like, you know, Ed Gein in the 50s, uh, back then, you know, uh, paranormal was so taboo uh nobody would you know even if they did believe in it even if they experienced it they would be uh very hesitant to go on record or, or camera or anything else to speak about it you know i don't want to give away too much here of the show i want people to go watch it and check it out for themselves but uh you know you you spend a lot of time inside the home of of danny and uh man i mean it, it seemed like it, it was at another level when it comes to responses that you were getting how difficult it is when you have uh, the fact that you're filming and you're, you got a crew maybe they're filming and you're doing a lot of this stuff plus you're having this stuff happen and and, and go on it's got to be chaotic it's extremely chaotic in fact um you know one thing that um that i that i can tell you that uh didn't quite make the documentary is while we were filming uh the crew uh the film crew you know camera and and, and audio they were having all sorts of weird things happening. They were having night terrors about Danny or nightmares in general. Uh, we had bizarre things happening with the, uh, with the cameras and the gear malfunctioning several times. You know, And these guys would say, you know, I, I've been doing this 10 years, 15 years. I, I can't explain this. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, it almost, I don't, I don't want to say it, you know, that it was cursed in a sense, but it, it kind of had that feeling where the, the whole time we were doing this documentary, we were facing things like this that just seemed very unusual. Yeah, and, you know, it's got to be, you know, obviously you come in with an expertise and a knowledge of, of a lot of these things, but even then, sometimes I bet it's got to be scary because you know that some of this stuff uh, is, is 100% real. And, and, you know, the last thing you want to do is be leaving there and bringing stuff with you, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, you, you never want to bring it with you. And, and in this case, you know, there was a lot of um, there was a lot on the line because, you, as you mentioned, we did go to Danny Rowling's house and, and uh, his childhood home and, found, you know, come to find out the current owner was experiencing a horrible haunting that was affecting and even injuring uh, herself and her family. So the stakes were high in the sense that we came there, uh, we, we told her we would help, and we had to do something to make sure that when we left, nothing we did would make it worse or provoke it and more so that we could bring some some peace to the house and uh you know for those that view the documentary they'll see the lengths in which we had to go to to accomplish that yeah and it was it was fascinating to see that and obviously you have a great crew and uh your uh the, the psychic that you have with you uh, i forget her name offhand but she was fantastic as well 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. World-renowned psychic medium, Cindy Kaza. Yeah, just uh, fantastic. It is a great view. It's fun. It's scary. And it's interesting. All of those things. Well, maybe not as much fun, but but very interesting. And it, again, it's called uh, Shock Docs Scream, the True Story. And it's streaming now on Discovery+. Plus. So, uh, Steve, I love the fact you got a chance to hang out and talk a little bit about this. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time and having me on. You betcha. And hopefully uh, next time you've got another shock doc, we'd love to hear from you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll be back. So far, I'm not impressed. Morning After with Nick and Big J on 100.3 The X. All right, we got tickets here to give away. Avatar is coming February 2nd at the... Rev Center is a makeup show they had to postpone from last year, and we're very excited about this. Uh, Magic Store going to be opening. These guys are local and badass, so we'll get you tickets to the show if you can figure out bad impressions today. It's a very sad day, if you ask me. Stupid. Whatever. Hello, the X. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Hey, man, good. What's your name? Sean. Sean, all right. Uh, this is a, 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 a fictional character, really, when you get down to it, okay? All right. I wear a black cloak and carry a damned scythe. Or Sith. Uh, next clue. I've taken John Madden, Betty White, Sidney Poitier, Bob Saget, Meatloaf, and now another celebrity all in January. The Grim Reaper. Yeah, that's right. The Grim Reaper. He's a real bastard. Uh, you hold on. Don't go anywhere. And we'll get you your Avatar tickets. Uh, last clue. Um, the name I, the name I'm given is Death. So, uh, yeah, the Grim Reaper and Strikes Again already. Meatloaf last night and comedian, former guest in the morning after Louis Anderson has passed away. So rest in peace to Louis Anderson as well. Um, uh, looks like he had, uh, it was a blood cancer, a very unfortunate. And uh, so there you go, man. Ugh crazy crazy so uh, you know what if there's a celebrity right now you love send them a message on twitter or wherever your social media is and say i love you don't die chances are it's not looking good uh for for any of them it's one of those years already man uh all right there you go i had to relay that sad news to you um we're gonna wrap up the show here and debut a brand new damn papa roach song it's coming up next here in the morning after yeah, it's new Papa Roach. Stand up here on the morning after. It's 100.3 The X Rocks, and uh, we got it, man. We got it. We got. It. We had talked to Nat. Uh, he is a comedian. He's going to be at the lounge at the end of the universe tonight and tomorrow. And our buddy Robert from uh, the, the improv group there. So it's going to be a very cool weekend out at lounge. Many thanks for them to come in. Talk to Steve Shippy about uh, his new shock doc, Scream. Uh, which is available on Discovery Plus. So thanks to everybody uh, that uh, stuck with us here this morning. Uh, Nick, uh, I think just uh, in surgery right now. So uh, he'll be all right. And we'll be back on Monday, uh, full strength, one way or another. He might be working from home. We'll see how that rolls out. Either way, coming up next is Mr. Jason Drew, and then I'll be back this afternoon, double duty. Yeah, because our buddy Adam's on vacation. Well-deserved. So thank you, everybody, for today. And... uh, I hope you have a great weekend if I don't get a chance to yap at you later. And I don't want you to forget, by the way, check out Go Team Save Money, GoTeamMazda.com. Check out the I Pre-Check button. You can get qualified for a vehicle. won't even count against your credit because it doesn't take your social security number. 
That's how they do it at Team Mazda. Jason Drew's up next. The Morning After Podcast brought to you by Idaho Advocates. You didn't deserve to be in an accident, but you do deserve an advocate. Make sure you hit them up on their website, IdahoAdvocates.com.